Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't showing no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a best Welcome in to another edition of Lombardi's Legends Podcast I am Wags, joining me as always is Dane And Dane, we don't have a game to talk about this week But just as well, we've earned a buy And you and I are like kids on Christmas morning yeah. unwrapping all of these gifts of Packer players coming back from injury and so I thought we needed to jump on give our reaction to that and how this could impact the team in obvious positive ways but uh, just to give everyone their due here um, so we're going to dive into that a little bit and then maybe uh, we'll look at the wildcard matchup this weekend not going to talk about it in the Packer perspective, got to keep those palms of yours dry, Dane, but uh, maybe just to, to get a little bit of a taste of the playoff action that's coming up this weekend. So, folks, if you do join us uh, live on our Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube channel, feel free to pop in uh, your reaction to everything that's been coming out uh, about the Packers this week in the chat, how you feel the team is shaping up here headed into the playoffs and uh, just in general, if you have any questions for us or want a reaction for us as we head into wildcard weekend. So Dane, I'm going to turn it over to you. First of all, we knew David Bakhtiari uh, is back. Uh, He played some snaps uh, into the second quarter uh, in this past weekend. Um, We knew Myers was back. Uh, He's uh, played uh, even just a little bit more than Bakhtiari. So they got a pretty good complement of snaps. Uh, But uh, so let's start with those guys. Uh, What did you take away? We're not going to talk about the Detroit game, but what did you take away specifically from what you saw from those two guys out there uh, on Sunday and and what that might mean for this offensive line and and for this team as we move forward? I'll tell you what, Wags. I thought they both looked like they've been playing football for the last couple of months. And and that's a credit to how talented I think they both are. I didn't see an awful lot of rust from, from Myers in the time that he was out there. He actually looked like he was in pretty good game shape, I thought too, uh, which is really hard to do after being off as a rookie. But, um, you know, maybe what, it's a blessing in disguise. He doesn't hit his rookie wall that a lot of these young guys hit after, you know, not playing that much football in college compared to the pros. So maybe we're getting Josh. He's a young guy uh, out right back at the right time. Now, David Bakhtiari, all eyes were on Bach, right? All eyes were on David Bakhtiari, our five-time all-pro left tackle. Um, it seems like he pulled himself out of the game at one point and, uh, you know, was just um, being – more cautious than anything else, but in the snaps that he played, I was able to go back and watch all of those snaps again. He played really, really strong football. He looked like the David Bakhtiari that we've come to know and love on the field. He, he, um, you know, I, I think that he looked strong at the point of attack. He looked dominating. Um, the, the, the kind of that the David Bakhtiari that we, we really come do come to expect. Now the question becomes, Um, is he going to be able to be full go for an entire game? That remains to be seen. He played close to one half of football. They're really going to be ramping it up in a couple of weeks to be playing at the, at the highest level. But if anybody can do it, David Bakhtiari can. And uh, overall, I was really encouraged by how good he looked. Uh, He looked fast off the snap, 
which is something that, you know, guys that haven't played for a few months and in David's um, situation an entire year, sometimes they look a little slow off the snap. He looked like he was right back uh, from a rhythm, rhythm standpoint. And if he can be the Bakhtiari we want him to be and we need him to be, that's just going to give Aaron Rodgers even more time to throw come playoff time. So we knew we were getting these, or, you know, we now we know we're going to be getting both of these guys back. I also think with Myers Wags, um, what this does is it allows Lucas Patrick to slot over to that guard spot. And that's going to be really, really good. I think we both agree Royce Newman long-term projects to be a starting guard for this Green Bay Packer team uh, as soon as potentially next year. Um, but for the playoff run, I think Lucas Patrick at this stage in his career, a better run blocker, gets a little bit more power up front. Uh, it's got that nasty veteran streak that we love in Lucas Patrick. So all things considered, the Packers offensive line is getting healthier and healthier. And I was really, really, really encouraged by the young rookie, how good he looked. And then, of course, David Bakhtiari, he looked powerful wags at left tackle. And that was the key there. He looked explosive and powerful. Yeah, it's interesting to to see how those guys might slot in. And it was just good, first of all, to get those guys back, right? Just it's been a long haul and, and you just got to feel so much better about this offensive line uh, for as much as the guys were giving them uh, that stepped in there and Yash Nyman, uh, Royce Newman. Um, Lucas Patrick, et cetera, go on down the line. Uh, it, we were one more injury away from we're We're really, really digging deep as it was. So um, I was pleasantly surprised. Now I know it's Detroit, but David Bakhtiari looked like he was in midseason form and he, he was not letting anything get by him at all. So uh, that, that was pleasant to see. Um, and I think Josh Myers can can give us a little bit extra in terms of just his overall size and athleticism in the middle of that offensive line. So uh, those two guys can make a big impact for sure. It's interesting you say, Lucas Patrick, you and I both agree, uh, Lucas Patrick, if you're going to choose between him and uh, Rice Newman right now, I'd give the edge to Lucas just because of his veteran experience. Now, long term, I think Rice Newman probably has a little bit more upside than a guy like uh, Lucas Patrick does, but um, in the playoffs, I'm going to go with the experience, and I don't think you can replace that. Lucas Patrick, you have to remember, uh, is primarily a guard. So as well as he's been playing center in place of Josh Myers, he's been a guard ever since he's come into this league, and, and basically the Packers gave him that contract extension to be the uh, backup at both guard spots. So um, I, I trust him. I completely agree with you. It'll be interesting to see what they do now that Billy Turner's back. So just kind of sticking with the offensive line. I know that you mentioned in one of our um, uh, discussions on our last episode, I believe that if Billy Turner's back, what are they going to do with Billy Turner versus Dennis Kelly now? Well, we know he's back. He's been practicing this week. So Dane, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Has anything changed in your view is this, I, I mean, I, I feel like Billy Turner is going to play. Um, he's going to be either at right tackle or right guard. So the question is, if you had to choose what, uh, which guy gives you the stronger five up front, Lucas Patrick at right guard or Dennis Kelly at right tackle, uh, and it's going to be Billy Turner lined up next to one of those two guys either way. 
I'm putting Billy Turner back at right tackle. Uh, I've thought quite a bit about this. I really like the five wags uh, of Bakhtiari, John Runyon Jr., mm-hmm. Myers, um, and then Lucas uh, Patrick. Lucas Patrick at right guard, and then and then finally Billy Turner at right tackle. I, I Turner's played right tackle all season long. I think he's been pretty proficient at it. Um, I think at this point, the Packers getting four of their preferred five guys back on the offensive line for this final push is important. As great as Denny, Dennis Kelly has been uh, at, at right tackle in a fill role, I think that Billy Turner, this is his role uh, at the right tackle slot. This is something that I, 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 I broached you know, last week. I was like, maybe Billy doesn't come back to right tackle. But the more I thought about it, I think this is Billy's uh, spot here and right tackle, and then all of a sudden the Packers go in with Yash Nyman and Dennis Kelly, who've played great football for long stretches for this team uh, as the the top backups at both positions, and then talk about how deep this offensive line is. But I think that's where we're at. Uh, do you disagree? Do you agree? I'm kind of curious. It just I feel the most comfortable with that front five that the Packers are going to probably roll out there. Yeah, I mean, I think I have to agree with you. Just look at across the board. It's um, it's going to be your best five, and you can really split hairs. But honestly, Billy Turner, I feel like, has been playing his best football at right tackle this year before his injury. And then you've got the luxury of having two guys that just picked up a bunch of experience and playing really well in the Nyman and Dennis Kelly backing up both tackle spots. Uh, you've got Royce Newman that just started – 17 games uh potentially as now your backup guard um and you you know you've got lucas patrick that can slide around all over the interior depending on you know what the needs are so um so not only do you've got a a really strong five to go forward with you're going to feel a whole lot better uh, about what the situation is should knock on wood we suffer any uh, additional injuries up front in this stretch run in the playoffs so um i i completely agree with you dane and and that might be one of my top packer people problems so uh folks uh, i just if you got anything uh, that you want to add to that in terms of uh which guys i've got in the chat right now so i want to hear from you guys uh, uh if you're joining us who do you think of the guys returning from injury will have the biggest impact um what is your top packer people problems headed into the playoffs uh that's my my phrase i'm coining it dane um and and just just in general um, how excited are you guys all out there? We're going to go through all of these. Uh, again, unwrapping uh, these uh, returning injury players like it's Christmas morning. Uh, Dane, um, sticking with the offense then, uh, since we've covered the offensive line, Randall Cobb, what kind of impact? I mean, I think everybody appreciates what Randall Cobb can do for us. Third down, he's just a weapon. Um, red zone, He's a weapon. Uh, we haven't necessarily missed a beat per se uh, uh, since he's gone down. Alan Lazar has been playing really good football. He's, he's filled in and stepped up admirably. Um, MVS has been, you know, pretty good here and there. I'm still battling some inconsistency. But now that we're getting Randall Cobb back, what do you think he can do uh, to impact this offense here as we move forward as well? I mean, from a trust perspective, 
outside of Devontae Adams, is there anybody Aaron Rodgers trusts more than Randall Cobb? I, I think the answer is no. So it gives Aaron Rodgers another guy in his progression and in his reads that um, he's going to have a lot of comfort in going to. And of course, Alan Lazard stepped up. You mentioned MBS, you know, some of these other guys. But Randall Cobb's just a different guy at this stage of his career. He's that kind of that wily veteran, um, the third down uh, chain mover type of guy. Can't understate how important that really is. Um, you know, I, I think that he's going to be a guy in, in important moments that Aaron Rodgers is going to look to. Um, he's going to be a guy who I have a full amount of trust in and defenses, opposing defenses. Now, if the Packers want to go four deep at wide receiver and then have a running back in the backfield, um, we're talking the potential of uh, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, MVS and Alan Lazard. You've got to be pretty darn deep, Wags. Uh, and from a DB perspective, you've got to have an awful lot of confidence in your DB room to be able to match up with those four. And maybe the only defense in my mind right now in the playoffs that could do it are the Green Bay Packers. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but but I, I do think that it just adds that extra dynamic. And, and Wags, curious your take here, but I think Randall Cobb could also get in some of that motion a little bit here as well when they get him back some of that motion offense I just something about Randall Cobb adds that extra dynamic there's a reason Aaron Rodgers was lobbying for Randall to get back to Green Bay um, yeah it's awesome that those two guys are tight it's great from a locker room perspective but Wags the reality is this Randall Cobb was not brought back to Green Bay uh, for week three of the regular season Randall Cobb was brought back to play big games at Lambeau Field in January and that's what he's about to be able to do for this team. He's done it before. He's shown up in huge moments. And that's what he's here to do. He knows it. I think anybody who follows this team knows it. Now, really, and I sincerely mean this, this is his chance to shine and, and kind of cement that legacy in Green Bay as one of the, the great Green Bay Packer wide receivers. Yeah, and I think it's it, – I have a feeling – we're going to have a, a special Randall Cobb moment at some point here uh, in the playoffs. And I look at, I'm looking forward to when it happens because he just has a pension for that. Right. Dane. So um, it's been a few years, but I, I just feel like he always rises to the occasion. And you said it um, the, the way that he and, and Aaron Rodgers are on the same page. Um, it's, it's, Basically, at the same level as what uh, Aaron and Devontae are. Now, Randall Cobb is not at the talent level or, or the uh, you know productivity level as Devontae Adams is. So don't mistake what I'm saying here. It's just from a being on the same page and, and understanding what they're looking at and what the defense is showing and where they want to attack. Um, the, that's another guy out there. Now you're you're really operating on another level. One other thing, I, I you know, this isn't a guy coming back from injury um, to the same degree as some of these other guys we're talking about. But we've talked a little bit about Aaron Jones and how fresh he has looked. Uh, now he sat out this past week. I, I think that was a hundred percent maintenance. It, it wasn't anything uh, rehashing an injury or, or a setback in any form or fashion from what we've heard. So um, no concern with that, but only miss one game with the knee injury before the bye. 
came back and uh, and maybe didn't get a full workload in that first week back. But um, Packers have really managed his snaps and his touches. Um, he's been involved, but they haven't had to have him carry the whole offense. I think we're about to see Aaron Jones get unleashed here in the playoffs in a way that we haven't seen in his entire career. Uh, he's been a guy that has been effective, but has started to wear down at times over the course of his career towards the end of the season. And he already looks like he had fresh legs in the last two games he played. Um, and so, boy, after getting three weeks off, I can't wait to see what Aaron Jones was going to be able to do out there. I think we're going to see a lot more of not only Randall Cobb uh, in that pre-snap motion, but I think we're going to see a lot more Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield at the same time. There's no holding anything back. I'll be curious to see, too, Dane, if there's any wrinkles in this offense, uh, this has been a, a ball control offense all year, uh, but perhaps depending on the matchups that we see in that um, divisional round, uh, there could be some series where maybe they're going to try to increase the tempo a, a little bit um, just to uh, kind of get some additional uh, touches and, and keep that defense off balance. So uh, having uh, this extra week to self-scout uh, and, and then as well as to kind of look ahead and, and to scout all the potential opponents they have could give this Packer coaching staff and some additional practice time for these guys to integrate back in and perhaps not change the way they're running their offense. But if they have some wrinkles that they can add uh, from series to series, I would not be surprised to see if we have a few adjustments that we haven't seen all year. Yeah, and great comment from John. Too many good players. Fourth and short, we could put those extra tackles in as tight ends and then create seven <laughs> holes for Dylan. You're not kidding. I mean, for real. We we remember back in the day, we used to do the six offensive linemen with uh, Kevin Berry when they'd roll him out there. So stranger well, things have happened in Green Bay. Maybe Dennis Kelly can line up in, as, at fullback, and that'll be a way to get him, keep him back out of the field. I, I don't know. So. Wags, you mentioned Aaron Jones and – I tend to agree with you. Um, he He's looked so explosive these last couple of weeks. I'll tell you what, not a lot of guys get that second chance uh, in big moments. And last year in that NFC championship game, such an uncharacteristic play from Aaron Jones. I got to think it's at the top of his mind. It's something that bugs him. Um, because it's just not the kind of player he normally is. And to have that kind of game at that stage just didn't seem to fit him. little extra motivation, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I will just say that he is fresh. We've seen this A.J. Dillon. I think that there's this expectation. We've talked about it a number of times that it's cold weather. A.J. Dillon gets the ball and just rumbles. I don't disagree, and I, I want to really highlight what you said because this is the chance for Aaron Jones. Maybe even defenses are expecting, oh, we're going to get the big the big guy's going to come and try to run us over. And then it's like, no, Aaron Jones has played less snaps than he's played in a number of years, and he's just going to run through these holes just a little bit faster, and he's going to outrun the defense in the fourth quarter. There's something to be said about a guy like Aaron Jones. And by the way, he – lowers the hammer. He is a hard guy to tackle. He's got a lot of force for a, a back that uh, of his size. So just, just something to keep in mind. And to your point, Aaron Jones is a special back 
And I think the Packers game plan going into this, we're going to see wrinkles to, to your point, but I also think we're going to see the Packers try to control uh, time of possession on the ground. And, and it sounds counterintuitive to take the ball out of Aaron's hands at times after what is likely to be a second MVP season. But I do think the game plan going into these are, we are going to run the ball down your throat with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon come playoff time. Uh, I don't know if that's what's going to come to fruition, but I do think that there's something in the back of Matt LaFleur's mind where they are going to run the ball. They are going to set the tone for this game coming up here at Lambeau, and they're going to dare defenses to stop the run. And if they can't stop the run, there's no way in heck they're going to stop the pass with Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, chucking it all over the field all day long. Yeah, for sure. So, Dane, any other offensive uh, updates that you wanted to run through? It looks like MVS mentioned uh, he had that uh, hamstring uh, mm-hmm. tweak, if you will, but said he's going to be fine. They were just limiting some of his work here early in practice this week. So um, that should not be an issue. But anything else on the offensive side of the ball that you want to hit on? No, I'm a little giddy naming all these guys just on the offensive side of the ball. And Wags, we haven't even talked about the guys potentially coming back on the defensive side of the ball. And and I let's let's kick it off with the guy who I think shocked both of us and a lot of Packer Nation today. Hey Dane, before yeah. we do that. Why don't we take a break and talk about our sponsor, DraftKings? We have to talk about how great DraftKings is. (laughs) I'll let you take it away, man. Man, I love DraftKings Sportsbook. I really do. We're having so much fun this year partnering with DraftKings. Uh, They've been an incredible sponsor all season long for us. My wife, Andrea, really, really likes DraftKings because she never used this DraftKings Sportsbook app. Until they started sponsoring us, she heard about it. She used that promo code, which is TPPN. You all can use this, by the way, promo code TPPN. And uh, she was able to put a dollar down, get some money back on bets, $300 on bets, Wags. And you know what she's done this year? She's made money. Um, Some weeks up, some weeks down, but mostly up for her. Uh, And, uh, you know, this week, uh, I'm not sure what she's going to do. There's no Packers playing, but I can tell you that she's having a lot of fun already starting to look through uh, the evaluation of what these guys are going to be costing this week. And she loves it. And it's all because DraftKings Sportsbook, please, please, folks, use promo code TPPN. Use the DraftKings Sportsbook. Have a lot of fun this wild card weekend and win some money. Yeah, and uh, our, our um, podcast network, one of our podcast network managers, made the point that even if you don't want to bet on football, uh, I'll share this promo code. We've got some really good uh, um, promos coming out headed into the Super Bowl. Not a better time to do it. And uh, even for folks that are more into basketball, hockey, uh, UFC, whatever, you can take advantage of the bonus offer. Use that free awesome. cash that you win on uh, football and go uh, use it to bet on your other sports. So um, daily fantasy, you, you know it. So uh, anyway, folks, thanks so much. Uh, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code TPPN, throw down a dollar on any NFL game and win a hundred in free bets. Um, And I'm sorry, it's actually uh, this week with that promo code, 
uh, 56 to one odds on any NFL team. So wow. if you bet $5, you can bet, you can win 280 in free bets if your team wins. Oof. So, uh, it's, they're really upping the ante there. So promo code TPPN, this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so, Dane, uh, getting back to the defense. I didn't mean to interrupt you before, oh, no. but... Uh, I was getting so ahead of myself this week. I'm so excited by the news of uh, Whitney Merciless, Wags. Uh, Whitney Merciless, I thought, came over to Green Bay uh, from, from the Houston Texans, and in his small sample size that we had him this year, he had a sack. He had 10 hurries. He looked like he could still get after it. And then the, the, the bicep injury happens. Dude looks to be done for the year. Don't look now. Whitney Merciless is on the practice field today. The Packers designate him to return from the injured reserve list. There's a possibility that we're going to get Mr. Merciless back for the playoffs. And I just want to start with him because I think that this is an all-in mentality that we're seeing from the Green Bay Packers. And don't get me wrong. I mean, these guys, if they can go, they can go. However, there's something about digging deep with this one. And Merciless is coming back. And it just, it got me extra fired up today, Wags, because we're going to talk about some of the other additions to the pass rush. But what Whitney Merciless can do for this team um, as potentially a fourth pass rusher is, is, it's remarkable to think that he could be a fourth pass rusher on this defense because he can get after it. He's so disruptive uh, as a guy who just, you know, run run game, he's good. But I'll tell you what, if he can pin his ears back and, and give some of these other guys a bit of a rest, and I'm talking about Rashawn and others, holy smokes, look out. 15 snaps from Whitney Merciless makes this defense so, so much better. Yeah, and it's crazy. I mean, individually, he's not the guy that you would choose as having the biggest potential impact uh, of the defensive guys that are coming back. But it makes perfect sense to lead with him because a, it's the biggest surprise that he's coming back and B he's one of those pieces that even if you said, as you said, can fit in even 15, 20 snaps, not only as a pass rusher, he was really good. I thought against the run uh, defense was playing uh, some of their best run defense of the season in that stretch that he was able to uh, play for us. So um, with, with him coming back potentially, and we'll see if he's able to play and suit up uh, for that uh, divisional game. But we've got a week and a half of practice to wrap him up. The fact that he's on the field now is uh, is pretty remarkable, Dane. And I'm no doctor, but I've never known a lot of guys to come back from a torn bicep uh, in eight weeks. It, that's Unreal. typically a, a pretty long-term injury. So I don't know, somewhere the Reverend Reggie White mm. is looking down on us, <laughs> I think, and, and giving a touch mm. of healing power because uh, there, there's something in the water. I don't know, but uh, I, I'll take it. That was uh, – that I was excited by all these guys. A few weeks ago, we're sitting here talking about our, which of these guys are going to come back. We felt like there was a pretty good chance Jair was going to come back. Um, everything else was pretty unknown. So uh, to get just news after news after news of all these guys coming back, and then the biggest shocker and the cherry on top today – that Whitney Merciless is back on practice. It was just like, here we go. We're mm-hmm. ready. Like and this, that was, that was a truly, truly amped me up. So um, couldn't be more excited. And, and 
just think this defense has had so many struggles because we've had two, three guys or two, three spots, maybe where defenses could pick on us. Um, Having a Whitney merciless for that 15 to 20 plays is something that now there, it takes a potential weakness when um, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith have to come off the field for some snaps and we've got Whitney Merciless. And oh, by the way, another guy we can talk about as well, Zadarius Smith, as the guys that are coming in to fill in in some of those snaps. I mean, you could argue that our backups might be better than our starters. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And just from a pure productivity and um, talent standpoint, uh, not from a what they've done this year, obviously. But um, that's that's a pretty crazy luxury to start off with right off the bat. It's incredible. Um, let's talk about Big Z. Let's talk about Big Z, Wags. Uh, we know what Zadarius Smith can do when he's healthy. He's a wrecking ball to opposing offenses. We're going to see how that back holds up. We've watched video of him getting ready in practice here the last couple of days. He looks like Zadarius Smith to me. Um, now, you know, is he in playing shape? Is he in football shape? It's impossible to get in football shape without playing football. That being said, the guy we just men- mentioned in Merciless, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Zadarius Smith. That is a fearsome pass rush that the Packers could provide. Wags, I'll tell you what, in a critical third and long situation, if you're an offense and you see those four guys somehow getting out on the field at the same time to hit I don't care if it's Dak Prescott or Tom Brady or, or Stafford or whoever. I like it. I like it. I like it. I think we can hit the quarterback with these four. Um, You know, I going into it, I was prepared for Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary and, and no disrespect to Jonathan Garvin and Tifa or, you know, any of these other guys, but the upgrade, the, the veteran presence that comes in with guys like Zadarius Smith and Whitney Merciless, and they're hungry, and they're fresh. They've got those fresh legs. They might not be in that football shape, Wags, but I'll tell you what, Zadarius Smith, we've been talking about Merciless for 15, 20 plays. Give me big Z on knowing known uh, uh, third down and third and second and long pass rushes. Give me Zadarius Smith any day of the week to get after the quarterback. Um, I just think that he is going to be able to make impact plays for this defense, just like he's done before, even in a smaller sample size. Um, So I'm just over the moon excited right now about the prospect of getting Big Z back on this defense. He's a leader on this defense. He's a vocal leader, but he also shows up week in and week out. I am excited to see him back. Yeah, I think everyone is, and I'm not going to ask this question that I'm about to ask in a way to temper any of that enthusiasm. Um, Dane, you and I have talked a little bit offline about kind of maybe some of the circumstances around Zedarius's um, decision to have surgery and kind of how the way everything played out. Uh, some of his comments after uh, the captains were selected, and yeah, there's there's stuff right with Zedarius. It's it's not. It's not the Aaron Rodgers level drama, but there's stuff there. And uh, so uh, that's that's neither here nor there. I don't think Zadarius is going to be a guy that will not put in maximum effort no. when he's out on the field. That being said, I thought it was interesting, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, 
that Coach LaFleur said something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, he's only played 18 snaps in this system. So we're going to have to see where he's at. And it almost is like Coach LaFleur is pre-checking Zadarius to be like, hey, you know, you're going to have to come back and be part of this team. Mm-hmm. Because the way that he exited stage left early in the season, I know he was injured. I'm not questioning that part mm-hmm. of it. But that was maybe a little bit too much individual and not much team. And so I think, do you think I'm reading too much into that, that coach before was coming out and saying that you're going to have to learn how to be part of this team uh, in order to be able to be out there and do what you can do? No, you're definitely not. I mean, Matt LaFleur is very careful with everything he says to the media. And I think that he um, doesn't speak lightly with anything he says, and he will say things um, that, may be directed to other people than to the reporters in the room at certain times. And and this wouldn't be the first time that he's done this. I think he's a clear communicator. I'll put it that way. Um, so yeah, the, I, I also noticed that earlier this week, LaFleur um, after Big Z said, you know, more or less I'm back. LaFleur kind of tempered those expectations a little too, just saying like, well, we'll see, we'll see. You know, there was some of that theme going on here. That being said, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but I do know that they're like eight quarters from the Super Bowl. And, you know, I think if you can let him get after the quarterback, they're going to do it. And I expect him to be playing next week. Yeah. And in a way, um, we didn't get to see a lot of, of Whitney Marsalis out there. Unfortunately, we would have liked to see more of him. Mm-hmm. But a veteran guy like that coming back and sacrificing himself, I feel like he's someone that, while he didn't establish a true leadership role on this defense, uh, I feel like he is someone that Zadarius Smith would respect. And the fact that he's going to be on the field, uh, I, I feel like he and Preston Smith uh, specifically, could uh, Devondre Campbell, are guys that Zadarius is going to respect and I think play off of really well. So I'm not saying Zadarius is going to do – me first selfish things out on the field, but he does need to understand what his responsibilities are. It's not his job to go out there and try to get a sack on every play. Um, You know, he's going to try to get as much pressure as he can, but we've got to stop the run first. And so there's, you know, stay in your lane, stay in your gap, even in a pass rush situation, you can't be getting out of, of the uh, lane that you're responsible for. So, um, and Zadarius knows that I'm not saying he doesn't understand that, but for a guy that's probably let's be realistic, not going to be coming back to the Packers, no matter what happens, he's, he's playing for uh, for his next contract. Uh, So, um, it's going to have to come within the constraints of being successful. Uh, and uh, hopefully he does understand that. So wait, Dean, wait, moving so on. Well, then. I've got a quick question for you. Go just ahead. From, from yeah. a, a schematic perspective. And I know we'll be talking actual X's and O's when we know who we're playing here. Um, but would it surprise you to see Whitney Merciless playing early snaps? Some of these no. early downs. I mean, I actually think that we might see him out there on first and second down a little bit, giving Rashawn Gary a bit of a, a blow and Preston Smith in that kind of rotation a little bit, allowing then um, 
And I think Preston Smith has played so damn well setting the edge this year against the run that I wouldn't be surprised if Rashawn comes in more on some of those third downs along with um, Big Z and then, you know, sprinkle in Preston Smith. But I actually think Whitney Merciless ends up being uh, a kind of more of a run stopping edge to, to kick off some of these, these series. Uh, and then we see some of the other guys come in and it gives an opportunity for some of these other guys to get a bit of a rest. So it's just something to keep an eye on. I don't necessarily expect Whitney to come in here and be a third down pass rush guy as much as maybe a, a run stopper on first and second down. It affords the Packers to do a lot of different things, a lot of different schematic stuff when you have the possibility of getting all four of these guys back. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the things to think about too, is that Kenny Clark's still going to be commanding a double team up the middle. So that means you can rush four and two of those guys on the edge are going to be going one-on-one every time. Now they're not going to win every time, but I like my chances. I like my If Rashawn, if Whitney Merciless, if Zedarius Smith, if Preston Smith are consistently getting one-on-ones in pass down situations, they're going to win their share of those. I don't care who they're lined up against. They're going to win their share of those. And uh, Kenny Clark is going to still get his pressures, even with the double team. So um, what a luxury. I, I couldn't be more excited. How to tire that, out an offense 101 right there. Yeah, real. absolutely. Uh, and um, not for nothing, a guy that has maybe been a little bit disappointing, but uh, Kingsley Kiki back at practice today. He's been missing a lot of time recently, but um, is someone that he can help. He can help uh, particularly in the middle of that um, uh, defense on the defensive line. And uh, uh, again, if nothing else, get in there for some reps. I don't expect that he's going to ramp up maybe to the workload. He was getting earlier in the season, but um, definitely helps uh, to have him back there as well. So Dane, we've gone... 37 minutes into this podcast. We haven't even talked about Jair Alexander. I think it's time to, now that we talked about the big guys up front, what can that do for our ball hawking guys on the back end? And specifically, um, let's talk for a minute about where does Jair Alexander slot in? He's going to be out on the field, and I think he's going to instantly be out there, I think, for basically every snap. Um, I I don't think he's someone that they're going to need to – ramp up much now, I could be wrong uh, but he's been practicing now for what four weeks and he had an upper uh, body injury to start with so I, I feel like he probably was able to keep his conditioning up pretty well even throughout his injury so um, Razul Douglas Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes uh, as our three starting cornerbacks now unreal unreal um and it looks like Razul Douglas might be moving into the slot. Mm-hmm. Gives us a, a little bit extra size and physicality at that position. Um, so, Dane, walk me through this. Like, what could this do for this secondary? Really? It's, it's unbelievable what it could do. Jair Alexander is uh, no-fly zone cornerback in this league. He's that good. Do not throw at Jair Alexander. We've watched enough games where quarterbacks clearly avoid Jair's side of the field. What Jair does is now it forces a quarterback to look at, at other progressions and other pieces of the read, which is going to be Razul Douglas, Mr. Pick Six, or Eric Stokes, who's just gotten better and better as the season has worn on. So coupling that with uh, potentially 
aggressive, nasty pass rush wags. Now you've got a quarterback who's going to have to get the ball out of their hands real quick. Uh, otherwise, they're going to be under duress. Um, that that's going to be cutting down on on everything. That's going the decisions are going to have to be made quickly at the snap. Uh, and if you make one bad decision, Razul or any of these other guys could take it back to the house at any minute. I, I really think this is the nastiest second and third level defense I can remember the Packers have, Packers potentially having. We have not seen them all together at once. But uh, on paper, and I, and I stress that on paper, um, it, it's poetry in motion. If you can get to the quarterback, the quarterback's got to get the ball out. And now all of a sudden he's going against top tier talent against the defensive backs. It's going to be a hard day for a lot of quarterbacks to do that. I expect Shannon Sullivan now to bump into that safety role, that kind of that dime role uh, that, that Kevin King's been playing, that Henry Black had played pre- previous to him. So all of a sudden, I mean, everybody just bumps a slot and everybody just solidifies and makes those slots even better than they were before. I think it's going to be really hard. Knock on wood, I think it's going to be really hard to pass the ball against the Green Bay Packers with this pass rush and with the defensive backs that we have there. We're an opportunistic defense to begin with. And with all these guys on the field at the same time, it's tough sledding. Yeah, and I mean, we've been a pretty good pass defense all season. Now, we've had some big plays that we've got up in the second half of the season. But um, outside of that, even without Jair, even without maybe our full complement of pass rushers, that secondary has been playing awful darn well. Yeah. So you've, you've got to think that that just slots everything up. Now, Eric Stokes, early in the season, um, he's got the speed. Had some difficulty tracking the ball when it was in the air. Seemed like he's cleaned that up pretty well. But you said now Jair can be against their uh, opponent's number one wide receiver. That enables Eric Stokes uh, to have a little less pressure on him. And depending on some of these matchups, still going to be some talented wide receivers that he's going against. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it just it eliminates some of the gaps that the uh, opposing offenses are able to attack us yeah. at. Um, so it's really special. One other thing that I think could be an interesting thing to watch the communication when we're bringing Jair back is going to be really important. Uh, they haven't been out in the field as much, but, um, said Darnell Savage hasn't maybe been playing up to his, um, you know, expectations or what we might expect from Darnell. Uh, but it'll be, he's, he's at his best when he can truly freelance and, the guys that are in that secondary group with him are able to, you know, line up and basically just eat up the guys that they're uh, against. And now Darnell can just fly around the field, make plays, be that true ball hawker. And I think we saw where that was maybe taking some risks that didn't pay off at times in the second half of this season um, with the quarterback not having as much time to throw and we've got Jair and Eric Stokes locking down the boundaries. We've got Adrian Amos as lined up next to Darnell Savage. I think Darnell Savage could be unleashed in a way that he hasn't been uh, in much of this season. So it makes everybody that much better. So I, I think some folks are still wringing their hands a little bit around this defense, and uh, they haven't, you know, shown as as well the second half of the season, but. With the guys that we're getting back, this is a completely different defense. Uh, so I, I think you got to kind of throw that out the window and let's just see what they're able to do once they get out on the field altogether. Yeah, and the key here now is execute, right? 
Um, we need to execute. We can't lay back and, and think we're just better than everybody else. Now we're going to have to go out, show everybody we're better than everybody else. However, I'll tell you what, if we're facing any other defense and you're telling me they're getting Jair Alexander and Zadaria Smith back against us, I wouldn't feel warm and cozy about it. So look <laughs> at it from that perspective. I really like that they're coming back on our defense because they're two premier players. Defenses get better when those guys are on the field. That's just the reality. They're that good. They're high priced, they're high profile, and they're they're high production players. And the Packers getting both of those guys back at this time of year is absolutely remarkable. Packers just basically are signing Pro Bowl pass rusher and a Pro Bowl cornerback uh, for the playoff run. It just doesn't normally happen this way. Yeah, for sure. So, Dane, um, I think that covers everything that i wanted to get into i love uh, it i don't Thanks. even really feel like talking about the playoffs this weekend i don't care who we play i'm ready to just uh, watch this packer team make a run as aaron Rodgers said uh there's time to make a run so anything else though dane that you wanted to touch on before we sign off this night wags, wags we normally do big cheese players of the game um uh, you're my big cheese podcaster this week uh, we got to give a big cheese to somebody oh i thank you dane ditto <laughs> Ditto, man. We're we're just gonna keep it in house this week. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, all right, folks. Well, thanks so much for those of you that joined uh, the the live stream here this evening. And uh, if you're listening later, we will be back for our regular preview episode next week. Uh, once we have those matchups lined up, and uh, can't be more excited uh, to be looking ahead to playoff football. Lambeau Field. Uh, early forecast. Looks like it's going to be cold weather. Uh, perfect January weather. So get amped up yeah. for that. Uh, but uh, I cannot wait to put my feet up, crack a couple beers this weekend and watch some stress-free football uh, and uh, get ready uh, for whoever the Packers are going to face next weekend. Yeah. Wags, I think we've said it all. So let's be legendary and go Pack Go! Pack, go. go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.